We are out of time. So for Nick, Yosef, Finn, and Austin, I'm Evan Osterley. Thanks for listening. Good night and go blue. This is war to extermination. Fight cell by cell through bodies and mind screams of the earth. Souls rotten from the orgasm drug. Flesh shuddering from the ovens. Prisoners of the earth come out. Storm the studio. Burnt metal smell of interplanetary war in the raw noon streets. Swept by screaming glass blizzards of enemy flak. Shift linguals, free doorways, cut word lines, photo falling, word falling, breakthrough in gray room, towers, open fire. Citizen, you are listening to WCBN-FM in Ann Arbor. Guilt, blast, pound, stab, strap, kill. Pilot K-9, you are cut off. Back. Return to base immediately. Ride music beam back to base. Stay out of that time, Flack. All pilots, ride pan pipes back to base. Well, uh, good evening. You are listening to WCBN-FM Ann Arbor, and welcome to another edition of Gray Matters, the weekly news and media talk show. My name is Dick Whaley. And I'm Jim Dwyer. Yes, the baseball game last night was, I thank God I listened to it on the radio off and on. Game went over five hours, but it was one of the greatest uh, games of all time, and I'll stick with my story. Baseball is the best game. There are more interesting sports, but because it's there's no clock and you got the 27 outs and you get the extra innings and blah, 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 there's always a winner. Actually, we found out this year that there isn't always a winner. Apparently, the New York Giants' winning streak back in 1906 or 1916 included a tie. And, uh, yeah, I I would tune in uh, tomorrow night, but it's Halloween, so don't bother. Well, depending on uh, where it's played, it'll be at least a later start than the uh, Halloween hours as prescribed here locally. Well, these games are going so late, it'll it'll still be on it. At 1 o'clock, perhaps. That's uh, rather remarkable. But, uh, yeah, last night was just an amazing uh, couple of times a team came back from three runs down. Anyway, I'm sure Trump wasn't watching it. Uh, I would say that uh, the, the reality TV show for Donald Trump ended today. Devil's Night. <laughs> Hopefully he remembers the holiday itself. Um, oh, on, on one level, yeah, it's true. It's it's over for him today. But on another level, 
The show is just getting started. Yeah, the circus is still going, <coughs> and it will continue to go uh, for many weeks going forward. But let's remember that John Mitchell, uh, the campaign manager for Richard Nixon, resigned about two weeks after the Watergate burglary. Which was in June of June of 72. Now, Mitchell had previously been the attorney general, but he... Switched jobs, longtime friend of Richard Nixon. I'm not, by the way, suggesting that Paul Manafort has such a uh, such a role with Trump. But let's uh, keep some facts really clear here and forget the tweeting and the other um, weapons of mass distraction. Donald, uh, on the 9th of June 2016, Paul Manafort met with Donald Trump Jr. and Prince Charming. Jared Kushner, who, by the way, is he like disappeared in the? <laughs> he uh, just flew back from Saudi Arabia, uh, where he the... was on a secret mission involving something about the Middle East, <laughs> probably hotels. Yeah, well, it was probably Richard Nixon's secret plan to end the no, Vietnam he, he, War. <laughs> yeah, he just returned today. Yeah, he's from been Saudi Arabia where he's been hiding out for a, a little bit. Hiding in an, an ashram somewhere. Uh Donald Trump Jr by the way has also been MIA for a number of weeks here. But let's remember on the 9th of June those three gentlemen met with some Russian agents. Now if you listen very carefully to the statement that was made today by uh Trump's a legal team, they said that there was no collusion between Donald Trump and the, quote, Russian government. Well, the Russian government is a big entity, and Putin is the Russian government, for all intents and purposes. Yeah, but the Russian government does its work through tools. Cutouts. Cutouts, as they're called. Agents. Uh, they are small-scale operatives who uh, have the cloak of who the hell is he? Right. And you can go back to the 1948 election, by the way, to see some possible tampering with the election process involving Russia. Uh, it's never been quite clear to me that Whitaker Chambers uh, was not. I think he was being blackmailed. But uh, clearly the HUAC allegations in August of 1948 had a big tinge of disinformation connected to them. Um, anyway, on the 9th of June, just last year, I want everyone to keep this straight, Paul Manafort was not, I repeat, not the campaign manager for Donald Trump. He was hired as the campaign manager less than two weeks later. And Paul Manafort's role in the campaign, by the way, was to lend some gravitas, some Reagan-esque credentials to Donald Trump to get him through the convention. In, or a, a floor fight was expected. There were possible potential efforts to stop Trump's candidacy, but at that point they were too late. And Paul Manafort became the campaign manager for about a little over two months. Now, he was bounced from his job, and by the way, he replaced Corin Lewandowski, who then became an analyst on CNN evaluating the campaign. Mm. 
Well, let's remember that on the 28th of July, Donald Trump from Doral, Florida, in a campaign appearance close to Mar-a-Lago, his uh, Key Biscayne version of Richard Nixon, <laughs> um, encouraged the Russian government to hack Hillary Clinton's emails to leak more information. Now, this came three days after WikiLeaks had dumped uh, some superficial email disinformation from the DNC into the media right before the Democratic convention. This created a big furor amongst the Bernie Sanders supporters. It was chaos on the floor uh, yeah. that first night at the Democratic convention. And you will recall, by the way, that Donald Trump not only accused Hillary Clinton of a giant cover-up and started talking about the 33,000 emails, missing emails or destroyed emails or whatever they might have been, but he suggested, by the way, that Hillary Clinton had thrown Debbie Wasserman Schultz under the bus. This, of course, never happened. Uh, it's pretty well established that Hillary Clinton met Debbie Wasserman Schultz and said, well, you can remain in your position, but you're going to have to take the heat. There's going to be a lot of heat for the next couple of weeks, and, you know, are you up to it? Hillary Clinton knows what that's all about, by the way. Okay, then we started getting some damaging information about Paul Manafort regarding his consulting, Ukraine. And notice they focused on Ukraine, not Russia. Well, within Ukraine, it was a pro-Russian yes. politician that he was working for. And I think that's around the time when uh, his bank account came under scrutiny. Well, at that point, he was in in deep doo-doo. In other words... The, the feds had actually been watching him before he was even involved. Yeah, and by the way, the investigative journalists were hot on the trail. In other words, this is just part of running for president. Um, and it usually, you know, these kinds of stories sometimes destroy candidates. Uh, but Donald Trump was always able to change the subject, move on, and confuse people. And then, of course, Julian Assange, who was involved in the original leak of the DNC emails on the 25th of July, leaked some more emails uh, after the appearance of the Hollywood video. So we're not, we're not talking here about collusion with the Russians. We're talking about collusion with Julian Assange. We're talking about what were these connections. And when you have a person like Paul Manafort being indicted on 12 counts, another character named George Papadopoulos uh, pleading guilty, who, by the way, was mentioned specifically by Donald Trump in some sort of an interview as a top foreign policy advisor. Although now they're trying to doubt, oh, he's the, it's the classic line, he was a low-level volunteer. Yeah. But low-level volunteers don't uh, get responses to their emails from the uh, inner core who are running the campaign, nor do they sit in the backroom uh, table meetings with the candidate. Right. And this, of course, is the, the, the famous walk-back strategy of the Trump administration. Uh, this is done all the time, even on policy issues. We've seen massive confusion uh, emanating from the top of the American government for the last several months now, um, while Donald Trump continues to assert that there was no connection between the Russians 
and uh, his campaign. And, of course, over the weekend, he gets back to disinformation. Here's uh, just a sample uh, from today's New York Times. Never seen such Republicans' anger and unity as I have concerning the lack of investigation on Clinton and the fake dossier, the uranium to Russia deal, the 33,000-plus deleted emails, the Comey fix, and so much more. Instead, they look at phony Trump-Russia collusion, which doesn't exist. The Dems are using this terrible uh, and bad-for-our-country witch hunt for evil politics. But the R's, he added, are now fighting back like never before. There is so much guilt by Democrats, Clinton, and now some and now the facts are pouring out. Do something. Do something in all caps, which is panic mode. It's it's one of the most famous uh, fallback defense lines I've ever heard. Uh, you know, the dossier, there's been some stories about the fact that, you know, it was revealed, by the way, that the original financier behind the dossier was Paul Singer, a billionaire Republican who was part of a Stop Trump movement that uh, got going a little too late. You recall, by the way, that Mitt Romney, candidate for the GOP in the last presidential election, came out as part of the Stop Trump movement while the primaries were still going and said to the American people, this man is a con man. Yep. He's a fraud. He's the hoax. Not the global warming stuff. Hoax, by the way, is one of those words that keeps popping up in Trump's uh, lexicon. And if there's one word that describes Donald Trump, it's fraud all across the board. And what is fascinating to me about Paul Manafort's predicament at this point, um, I don't know if he's going to cooperate uh, with the further investigation, but this means that the investigation's going forward. By the way, on Capitol Hill today, I did not hear the Republicans, as he put it, uh, demonstrating anger and unity. I heard silence. (laughs) Orrin Hatch said some weird things. I mean, almost silence. Like, they don't know what to say yet, because most of them... Well, the Papadopoulos thing was a surprise. That was a surprise. Manafort and his associate uh, were widely anticipated to be indicted. Gates. Uh, Gates. Um, <laughs> Manafort the, Gates. The, the bail, <laughs> I'll just comment quickly, that the, the bond that's been posted uh, is surprisingly high also, uh, meaning that they are perceived as a serious flight threat. Um, but the Papadopoulos announcement was the one that had everybody going, what? Because of it, it was a guilty plea. Yes. And that it had been uh, obtained some time ago. Uh, and so uh, this, I would think, would raise a lot of questions for uh, former and current Trump insiders. Okay, how much does Mueller actually already have? Well, and the interesting... That we don't know that he has. Sure, and the backstory, of course, is that during the Watergate... Uh, uh, unfolding of Nixon's demise, it was actually low-level 
officials in the committee to reelect the president that began to cooperate. Uh, they pled right. guilty. They were appearing before the grand juries um, because, uh, as the saying goes, uh, most of the rats on the ship are jumping off at some point. Uh, John Mitchell, by the way, never took the rap for Nixon. Uh, they barely ever spoke again. Now, when Nixon fired John Dean on the 30th of April, the same day that Haldeman and Ehrlichman and Kleindienstahl resigned, Kleindienst, by the way, was the acting attorney general uh, that replaced John Mitchell. Right. So he'd been there a while. The Watergate tapes are fascinating, uh, involving the exchanges between Tricky Dick and Richard Kleindienst. You'll just have to look those up on yourself, but he calls him boy about about a hundred times. <laughs> it's 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 a kind of humorous uh, analysis of Richard Nixon's demented personality, and of course with Donald Trump, I think we have a verified demented personality. Uh, as for this uh, disinformation about the dossier and Hillary Clinton. I don't even know what where that's going for Trump. The dossier is largely irrelevant at this point because all the serious investigate because of the uh, uncertainty about elements and aspects of the dossier itself and some of the information that it is purported to contain. I think it's largely been ignored by Mueller as an investigative sure. source. Um, there's ample evidence elsewhere. This email paper trail uh, that's going to stretch wide. Well, and Donald Trump Jr., of course, in response to the email about dirt on Hillary. Love it. I, I like it. I love it. It's Mikey. He yeah, likes hey, Mikey. it. He likes it. So <laughs> uh, Trump is, uh, you know, I, I think he better do some strategic withdrawals. And, of course, that didn't happen last week. We saw the uh, big uh, fight. He's not capable either of strategy or a tactful withdrawal right and and the corker uh jeff flake stuff is just fascinating to me because corker is chairman of the foreign relations committee that's one of the strongest senate committees flake was a rising star in the republican party and how timely for jeff flake to be jumping to the shore so to speak to get getting off the boat because his his uh, his resignation speech from the Senate had moments of eloquence and moments of enlightened recognition of the problem with Donald Trump. He essentially was saying, "I cannot defend the indefensible. We have some minor disagreements on policy here and there, but it's this gong show." that I can't go along with anymore. And by the way, he had done that uh, last uh, summer. He was one of the few Republicans I recall who said, I'm not going to the convention because I, do I hate Donald Trump. He's a disaster for our party. And Flake is young enough where he may run for president still. He's now in a perfect position in some interesting ways because he realized he was not going to survive a bitter primary 
um, uh, battle in the state of Arizona in which Steve Bannon, the man with the cannon, <laughs> he's out there shooting away. And what he's up to is anybody's guess. Well, uh, when you, you know, uh, named Darth Vader and uh, Lucifer as two of your role models, uh, I think it's pretty clear <laughs> what he's doing. And, uh, you know, it was surprising that uh, Steve Bannon wasn't more of a red flag for uh, the Stop Trump movement um, than he, he was. He certainly should have been. But what's a little baffling about Jeff Flake is that he said these eloquent things last week, and yet uh, when it comes to his votes, he's voted virtually in lockstep yeah. with Trump. So that makes his unpopularity with Arizona conservatives slash Republicans baffling. Well, that's the thing. In other words, it's a personality battle. It's not a policy debate. Jeff Flake is a, uh, you know, it's interesting. He did write a book recently called Conscience of a Conservative. Mm -hmm. That's uh, a... Uh, Title borrowed from Barry Goldwater, the former senator, the deceased senator from Arizona, who wrote uh, that book uh, that had a big influence on the conservative movement. And he, of course, later was the standard bearer in the 1964 uh, Republican election. Um, the only time, by the way, that Nixon was not on the ballot between 1952 and 1972. Yeah. Think about that. Nixon was there. Five times. Five, I tell you. I tell you. <laughs> we were battling away with those Eastern liberals. I hate them. Well, that persona of Nixon is exactly what we're hearing from Trump in, in a kind of a different way. Yeah. It's more of a kind of a gong show way, but it's there. And uh, this chronology matters. It really does. Uh, you got to pay attention to the chronology. And, uh, y you know, it's interesting that Bannon came into the Trump campaign when Manafort left. <laughs> so there's something, something's going on there. I don't know what it is. Now, I mentioned the Bannon thing because Trump and Bannon had a big uh, a big political fight a couple of weeks ago in the state of Alabama over Judge Roy Moore. <laughs> Mr. Ten Commandments. So the Republican establishment supported Senator Strange. Aptly named for the uh, particular uh, engagement. So we had more strangeness. <laughs> We had, Stranger than strange one. We had Bannon fighting Trump in Alabama, and Bannon won. Now, Alabama, I think, is an outlier. I don't think that's indicative of Steve Bannon's uh, power uh, within the Republican Party, but certainly they had targeted Jeff Flake specifically. Uh, for what reason, we don't know. You know, when Jeff Flake was in the House of Representatives— he was a deficit hawk. So it's very it's going to be very interesting to see going forward if Corker and Flake decide well, we can't support these tax cuts. They're not paid for. So stay tuned to that battle because we don't know what the tax cuts are going to look like. 
that's a sideshow uh, at the moment. Yeah, that's going to be a don't even let's not even go there because we don't even know what's in the bill. It's all speculation. And uh, it's yet another example of Trump trying to change the subject off these other problems. Meanwhile, of course, the disaster in Puerto Rico goes on. Uh, how fascinating to read of a uh, a video challenging a DE, DEA account to four civilian deaths in Honduras. <laughs> what is the American DEA doing in Honduras? We've had some rumors that there's going to be a reevaluation of the authorization of force. We'll see. But this Niger thing isn't going to go away anytime soon. And John McCain, of course, is chairman of the Armed Services Committee. And he doesn't look like he's going to bow down to Donald Trump. So when Trump starts losing this sort of Corker McCain flake wing of the Republican Party, he may be in much bigger trouble than he realizes. He's in doo-doo at this point. Now, I, I can't see impeachment happening anytime soon. Of course, the gigantic story of last week was the elevation of Xi Jinping in China into this sort of pseudo Mao Zedong status. Right, with no sort of successor plans really even announced whatsoever. Not even Jared Kushner. <laughs> can't Can't he suddenly join the Communist Party and make this... A family affair? <laughs> it would be great to see Jared Kushner uh, running China. Well, he can, of course, offer uh, passports and uh, all manner of uh, American niceties if they only invest in his family's real estate ventures. Yeah. And, of course, he's... They've that, actually done. He's undoubtedly got them. And, of course, getting back to some of the issues involving Paul Manafort, lobbying, corruption, not registering as a, quote, foreign agent or foreign lobbyist, I guess, is a better uh, description of his uh, one of his predicaments. I haven't seen the 12 counts, but 12 counts is substantial. That's generally a move by a prosecutor that's looking for a plea bargain on a couple of the counts. Yeah, because if you factor the years, if found guilty, that sentencing would impose upon uh, the individual, that's some serious years. Yeah, that's <laughs> not a proposition that Paul Manafort would uh, be entertaining with any enthusiasm. He, Although uh, people are nervous, uh, the Joe Arapaio uh, pardoning, before the legal mechanisms had even begun in that case, have people wondering, uh, is President Maniac going to pardon these guys? Um, to do so would seem to be such a flagrant uh, disregard for the need for the correct authorities to get to the bottom of what happened here that it would seem to beg uh, impeachment. Yeah. Although I think with Arpaio, and we can check this out factually, but I think that he was convicted. He just hadn't been sentenced yet. And it was likely because of his age and uh, record as a good old boy, <laughs> enforcement man, 
that he wasn't going to be looking at any jail time anyway. But Trump basically intervened before the sentencing uh, phase. I think that's what it was, but we can check on that. That's kind of a minor minor, uh, issue. Still, I mean, Manafort pleads not guilty, uh, has not shown many signs of being uh, cooperative with the investigation. So at what point do they ratchet up the pressure to encourage him uh, to flip? Uh, or, you know, how long does he hold out thinking there's a pardon here for me? There's a pardon here for me? Well, and the midterm elections are, are a little over a year away. I mean, this trial could be going on, assuming that it goes to that far. I have my doubts. Um, well, I don't think we're done with the indictments. Yeah, not, not, not with uh, uh, Mueller still being in power. Mueller, I think, will still be in power because at this point, Donald Trump can't fire him. He already fired Comey. So it's interesting that in this bizarre uh, attack on Hillary Clinton, he throws Comey's name in. He calls it the Comey fix. Huh? Comey went out of his way to help Trump. <laughs> And hurt Hillary Clinton. Yeah, the last one certainly uh, had that appearance. I mean, he's the one that had the press conference in July, you know, in amidst uh, the Benghazi investigation that went on for four years. Um, he's the one that had the famous press conference on the 28th of October, two weekends before uh, Election Day, and in the midst of early voting. Mm-hmm which certainly had an influence on the election. How you measure that, very difficult. How do you measure gun uh, gun support uh, for Donald Trump in the state of Michigan? That's hard to do. Uh, there are many single-issue voters. And uh, it's reassuring to know that the uh, Republicans here in the state of Michigan are trying to loosen up those gun laws yet again. In our midst, never mind what happened in uh, Vegas or any of these other events, it's just uh, remarkable that Or that I think the numbers are that almost 1,000 people have been uh, killed in gun-related incidents since Las Vegas? Yeah. And obviously that uh, issue has (laughs) faded from the the headlines. Uh, Anyway... Just like to remind you that uh, you are listening to WCBN FM Ann Arbor. Uh, we've gotten a kind of a late word here that Jerry is tied up on traffic, pretty much out on eighty four, and that could be a dicey situation these days. Cause well, especially with the weather, it's been the weather. raining off and on again. It hailed actually this yeah. afternoon briefly, so we have. So be careful out there. Officially entered into the autumnal weather. I went from wearing shorts two weeks ago to wearing long pants yeah. for the first time last week to wearing a hat today. So yeah, I actually wore a coat for the first time today. That's uh, the weather fine. is the weather is a changing. Uh, so we're going to go over a little bit here and uh, decide in, in, in due course whether we'll simply just start Yazoo City calling, but. Some version of Yazoo City calling will be coming up shortly. Uh, Hillary Clinton, of course, was in town over the last week. I didn't bother. She's selling her book. Tickets were expensive. Rather. 
Uh, the money, of course, I'm sure ends up in the Clinton Foundation. But, uh, you know, some of the financial issues with Paul Manafort are identical to Donald Trump. Mm. In other words, some of the mysteries of Donald Trump's candidacy uh, involve 